What's up, world, and welcome back to the Vibes and Stuff podcast, where hip hop heads discuss hip hop topics. On today's episode, we'll first cover a couple of current events, such as Tyler the Creator winning the Grammy for Best Rap Album, and also New York City Mayor Eric Adams meeting with real rappers in an effort to curb violence. Then we'll vote on the greatest sophomore hip hop album. What hip hop act have the strongest and greatest second statement of their discography? Then for our album Face Off, we'll be putting Daily Operation by Gangstar against Mecca and the Soul Brother by Pete Rock and CL Smooth. So sit back and enjoy the show. What's good, Vince? What's up, man? How you feeling? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. What's good with you, man? Not the usual, man. Work. You still get you still getting your uh getting your studio legs under you? Man, who you telling? Yeah, I am. I am. <laughs> yeah, I heard that, man. I heard that. How's the family, bro? They good. They good. Uh son just started wearing glasses because he uh he took them to to the eye doctor. Oh, snap. Okay. And he's nearsighted, so. Are you and your wife uh, nearsighted? I'm farsighted. Oh, wow. Okay. She's nearsighted, though. Yeah, but I'm farsighted. Up close, man, when I'm reading books and stuff, the words just start to just, like, get blurry and, and just blend together, and I can't figure out what I'm reading. Gotcha. But I have reading glasses, as nerdy as that sounds. <laughs> now that, that that just means you're getting old. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I ain't put my glasses on. Read these read these lyrics right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How'd your son do with him? Did 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 he was he okay with him? No, he doesn't he like resistant. Him. Well, you know how it is. I, it, he doesn't like him. But the cool part about the, where we live, the, like the day and age we live in now, nobody cares about that. Like, yeah, the kids right. don't care about glasses. So, like, he went to school thinking one thing and he came back today, like, they didn't even, like, pay really notice. So. Yeah. I mean, these days you can make glasses and frames so stylish, you know what I mean? It's like having having glasses today ain't what it was back in the day. It wasn't like the death sentence that it was as far as getting roasted that it was back then because yeah. now you actually got a lot of glasses have come up man they you you got a lot of really stylish frames out there and like you know some people who don't even need glasses are wearing glasses because glasses are so stylish now so that's true you know that's that's uh i think that's you know that's a that's a good thing but uh, I'm I'm actually shocked. My son hasn't needed them yet. Both me and my wife are, are nearsighted. 
So I was expecting him to have to go through the same thing, but so so far so good. His his his, his eyesight is is maintaining. So you know it, it you know it might happen one day. I I didn't wear glasses consistently till I was in like sixth grade, I think. So yeah, you know, so you know how that go. But uh, one thing <laughs> one thing one thing I want to put out there while we waiting. Uh, to to my listeners, man, like la- last week when I commented on the on the Will Smith Chris Rock situation, man, I did not, I didn't, I wasn't trying to, I don't want anybody thinking I was trying to justify violence. I was just kind of saying there are certain factors that could get a man at that point, you know. But I'm I'm to be honest, man, I'm really neutral in it, like. You know, I I, I don't want to come down on on either party for what they did. Like, you know, because the, the the reactions to it have gotten to be more out of hand almost than the actual incident, you know. And it's like, you know, I don't know if what you've heard in the subsequent week, Vince, regarding all the dialogue around it, but it's just like everybody just, <laughs> just needs to calm down. Well, I know, you know Tony Rock. He getting all hyped up. But the thing about it is, it's it's more about the embarrassment than anything because like we all know he shouldn't have done that. Right. But then there's just an object lesson as far as um on both ends. So this is one, you know, because I was all, you know, the question I asked is why why was he telling a joke like that at the Oscar Awards anyway? You know, or you know, at at at, at a at a place that's exuding excellence why would you tell a joke like that but then on the other end as well um it's funny how the person that's so-called getting that's retaliating they're the person that's getting retaliated against their family members don't feel like it's retaliation and so it's like you're just starting something else you know like you think you could be ending something but you're actually starting something else so yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's just silly. When it all come down to it, nobody got hurt. It was just people's feelings were hurt. Exactly. Like Chris, and Chris got Rock got his feelings hurt. He got humiliated. <clears throat> uh, Jada Jada felt humiliated. It's just uh, it just shouldn't have happened in the first place. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just all unfortunate. You know what I mean? Like Did you man. hear what Jim Carrey was saying? No. I know, I know. There's a couple of celebrities who have sounded off on it, and like basically, the internet got receipts on. It was just pulling up receipts on anybody who had anything to say. But what happened with Jim Carrey? Well, Jim Carrey just he went on like almost an interview, you know, because he's. I guess he was up for an award for the Sonic the Hedgehog two movie or something like that, or oh, it's wow. on his way out or something like that. So, you know, they asked him. And he was just so appalled and saying he would have the very next day he would have been suing him for 200 million dollars because this is something that's going to always exist this video and um i just feel like he just i mean i get it but it's it's so like the reality of what happened is so light no it shouldn't have happened like we have to keep saying because people seem to forget you said it when you talk long, you know, talk long enough. But um, it's not a big deal. I've I've experienced worse, and I've dealt with worse. Yeah. That was nothing. Yeah, so have I. 
So have I. It's, it's, it's too sensitive now. Yeah, because now you got people like, well, comedians should should do their research on people before they crack jokes. Who has time for that? Who has time for that? Let's not let's stop acting like we knew. We all knew beforehand and she had alopecia. Like, like nobody knew that. Like Man, you know, no, no. They don't gotta do that. A comedian does not have to do research. A comedian has to know where to tell a joke. That's where he made a mistake, in my opinion. You telling a joke, a, a roast style joke at a at an award show. Like it just I just don't think it like it fit the 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 um the situation. I don't think it made sense to me in that way. Like why are you telling that type of joke at an award show? Yeah, it was yeah corny. First of all, yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah. You know, you know how I would like to see this play out, or or should I say, end? I, I really want to see the two of them hug it out, or appear on a show together, or appear on like a, a some sort of social media post together, saying, "Hey, we talked it out. We've we've moved. We're moving past it, and you know, we're good now. That's that's what I want to see." That's what I want to see. Maybe not, and maybe not just the two of them. Maybe throw Jada in there too. But like, I think that would be so good for the community and for the culture for them to, you know, quickly hash it out. You know what I mean? Like, acknowledge that there was wrong, kind of done on both sides, and just hash it out. I think that would do a lot for, you know, the younger generation who's looking on. What's going on? I, I that's got to be Jason. Nah. Oh shoot! Oh, what's what's going on, Jamil? <laughs> what's happening? What's happening? Hey, you, you, what up, Jamil? You know what they? What gonna, up, Vince? You know what they're gonna do, right? They're gonna have a red table talk about it. Chris Rock gonna be on. <laughs> oh jeez! Hey, that's a start. It's a start. That's that's not exactly how I want to see it play out, but at least that's a start. <laughs> hey, you know what though? What's funny is the parallel of. I bet you some of these people went and watched some type of real, like. A real hip-hop Atlanta housewives or whatever the case in any particular city type of show where they throwing food and smacking each other up and cursing at each other constantly but then when Will Smith did that they acted extra sensitive about it like come on you know it, come on it's something yeah, yeah that's it's it's <laughs> Yeah, the, the cognitive di- dissonance is is incredible to me, you know, because we all know negativity sells, you know what I mean? Like, but, you know, yeah, I, I just felt the need to kind of set the record straight on that because there, there are people out there who have been able to offer commentary on this way more eloquently than I ever could. So I'm going to just kind of defer to those people. So, but, uh, hey. That, that's how I want to see it play out. This just had them actually, actually squash it and hash it out and be public about hashing it out. You know, I mean, I, I think Chris Rock is open to that because even in some of his subsequent shows, they said that people been getting rowdy like, oh, F Will Smith. And he'll like he'll like put the kibosh on it like immediately. Uh huh. So, you know, it's, it's possible. But uh, speaking of award shows, um, another award show that's highly prestigious has just went down uh and another one that i also do not watch the grammys (laughs) and uh apparently tyler the creator took home the grammy for best rap album for his uh his his uh, album his release uh call me if you get lost 
and he beat out uh, Nas King's Disease 2, Kanye West's Donda, and J. Cole's offseason, actually. So Drake actually was up. He was nominated, but he withdrew his nomination. I, I didn't even know you could do that. Why, why he did that, I, I, I'm still unclear on. But um, what, do, what are y'all's responses to it? Do you think the Grammys got it right? Do you think this is a sign things could be moving in the right direction? What, what was y'all's response to Tyler taking home the Grammy for best rap album? I don't care about the Grammys. <laughs> I didn't even watch it. But I mean, he's usually when you win awards, one award for an album, you kind of have a potential of winning another one with the same album. So, I mean, if he didn't win it, I can't really think of another album that should have, you know. Uh, J. Cole? Well, yeah, obviously that, but I mean, <laughs> but I don't, I mean, I'm not upset about it. Nah. I'm not upset. Right, right, right. I got you. I got you. What, what do you think, Jamil? Um, I personally don't care, and I, I, I've come to realize in my later years that the Grammys is really not about us. It's an industry award, and it is, you know, very much about recognition from one's peers. And it, it, it does seem to have made some changes recently, uh, just in the nominations. I think there there appears to be more representation of, you know, all all aspects of hip hop where before it was always the same, like, you know, two or three cats always in the running or whoever had like the biggest radio single. But now with, you know, radio being an afterthought, really, like that's not driving the the, the culture anymore, like in any real way. So we got an opportunity to see some other stuff. Like there's there was a time where somebody like Tyler would never get a nomination or somebody like, um, you know, Freddie Gibbs from, from a year ago would have never got a nomination or, or certainly like Cole, it would be border. It'd be borderline. So it was, it was good to see that. It, it just don't move the needle for me, honestly. But I don't yeah, think I, I, Tyler's, I, Tyler's um, album, you know, winning was like an egregious oversight or anything like that. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm falling in the same category. It doesn't move the needle too much for me because when I was when I found out like the Grammys even went down, like usually I'll check to see, OK, what else won for best song or single or whatever. I, I, like, I, I wasn't even in the, interested in the slightest bit in, in seeing who the rest of the winners were. So I, I know exactly what y'all mean. Um, I think I think this is just more of a win for Tyler than it is uh, a referendum on the Grammys, quote unquote, getting things right, you know, um, you know, and Tyler actually had some slick stuff to say when he responded to his win because he actually wasn't even at the Grammys uh, to get his award because he's on tour. And um, he was saying that um, he was actually sending shots at DJ Khaled because, you know, Ka DJ Khaled, ever since Tyler's Igor album beat out what was whatever Khaled's, I think, Father of Assad album for like the number one spot on Billboard, like Khaled started sending shots at him, talking, calling his music weird and mysterious music that no one ever listens to. And I make records that people actually listen to. You know, Tyler came at him and was like, yeah, like I, I, I'm, I'm glad I got it because I worked very hard on the album as well as the other people who helped. And he's like, you know, maybe if Khaled 
uh it, maybe if he he works very hard at something one day we'll be proud of him <laughs> <laughs> you know but uh but yeah i, I think that's a the more of a win for him you know I, I was happy when when he beat him out for that number one spot because you know and tyler commented on this too he was like when your whole artistic identity is tied up in being number one on the charts the minute that goes away you got nothing else to really hang your hat on right you know you got all these people on your record little baby scissor jay-z beyonce uh Lil Dirt, Gunna, Lil Wayne, it's like, and you lost to weird old mysterious me, you know. But you know, maybe that speaks too to um where the audience is too. Maybe the audience audiences are just in the mood for something a little different. I mean the thing is too about Khaled, like all of his entire catalog is just a playlist, right? There's no I mean, I don't want to say there's no creativity to it because that's a, that's disrespectful to the artists that work with him. But the aim seems to be, you know, we, we need a, a hit, you know, hit record out of his world every time. And, you know, what's what makes a hit record is not always good music. Like it's enjoyable, it's, it's you know, easily digestible, but not necessarily good art. And, you know, Tyler makes art, like however you feel about it. It is weird and mysterious, but he's dope. Like he's he's still a dope MC, even though he is a weirdo. Well, you know, he used the way, the way we look at weird and mysterious is different from the way Khaled used it. He was using it as right. like a, a put down, you know? <laughs> like, oh, no doubt, no doubt about it. You know, but, but he's, a, he's a sucker, like, like Khaled is, um, I mean, Tyler said it best, you know, his whole ego or his whole identity is wrapped up in this this notion of being number one. So you, you know, always going to be like the front runner, like he's McDonald's, you know what I mean? He's, he's Khaled's music is McDonald's where uh, somebody like Tyler is, a, a you know, a real cool, I don't know, gastro bistro or something like that, or however you would say that, not gastro bistro. Uh, you know what I'm getting at. One of them, one of them uh, artistic. Oh, artisanal. Kind of one of those artisanal craft burger places. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Khaled is, Khaled is McDonald's. Tyler is Old Cheval. Gotcha. I gotcha. How you going to call him weird, though, when this dude shoots air balls at every all-star game? <laughs> Terrible. Looking extra weird looking crazy but hey i don't know but i just say anything that's not anything that's not you know in his orbit is is weird and that's that's not different from how we treat just about everybody yeah i was just about to say that like i don't think Khaled really runs in a lot of diverse circles i I mean i don't know like i don't know the man's life but you know if 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 you think tyler is so weird that he's not gonna resonate with audiences it's like bro you need to get out more right like like the kids rock with you know and when when i say kids i mean like you know the younger hip-hop audience that can afford to you know still buy music and pay for downloads stuff like that you know so um hey another win for tyler man but uh good for him all right next up man news nuggets real briefly i don't know if y'all saw this story but uh recently elected um the, the recently elected mayor of new york city uh, Eric Adams, um, in an effort to now, dude, dude has some, 
he enjoys a fair amount of popularity in his city. You know, people seem to be pretty high up on him. But something he did recently that kind of raised eyebrows, he met with local drill rappers from New York City to have some sort of conference and talk about what can be done to quell some of the recent violence in the city. Now, as we know, drill music is is a very popular subgenre rap that actually originated in Chicago. And it's like just about everywhere it goes, <laughs> it, it, a lot of violence follows it. So um, what do y'all think? Do y'all think that meeting with rappers is even the right approach or, or even sends the right message when it comes to a politician trying to reduce violence? No, because you're placing a blame on people who make music for a living. Violent as though it may be, there's no crime in that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's true on the music side of it, but a lot of these rappers are affiliated and still are not even more more than affiliated. A huge part of what's going on, um, especially in New York. Uh, like you know what was you know what happened with um I'm forgetting the dude's name you know he oh, got pop smoke pop smoke with the woos and all of that stuff and then you got you know five year old foreign and the stuff they be involved with Takashi nine and and uh, Takashi six nine and you know the stupid stuff he got involved with and all like all of that stuff is connected to some degree so. Um, they, they, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense, and then it also too, it, it makes uh, the people that listen to that music and that are involved with that lifestyle, it kind of tunes them in on to make them feel like they have a voice. So it's like it's strategic politics. Yeah, what do you think about the the trend of with with drill rappers specifically? dogging deceased enemies because that seems to be a lot of the the spark to a lot of you know violent <clears throat> and deadly altercations what do you, do you think that's going too far or do you just chalk that up to just musical or artistic license going too far there's this uh the code seems like the code of the streets has changed because the code of the streets when we grew up that was they weren't doing that so it was like it wasn't like that from what I remember. What what little I knew about the streets growing up. Um, yeah, if I'm a if I'm a savage and it's like and I, I I got the means to get rid of somebody, you know, and to drive to do it and like they diss one of my dead homies or dead relatives. It's like, yo, he got the go. Like Exactly. Like, that's that's you know, and I, I'm not justifying the violence, but it's like, man, y'all, can we kind of pump the brakes a little bit and see if we could go about this a different way? Like, exactly. Um, you know, and, and when I say this, this scene, dead homies, it's like they'll 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 go to the grave site of the dude that they were beefing with, film it, and like they'll do stuff to the grave, like they'll they'll like pee and defecate on the grave and whatnot, and dance right. on it. It's like, yo, that's some. It's like it was almost a part of me that's like, eh, maybe he needed to go, you know, if he got shot behind this. But what I were you mean, about to you, say, Jamil? I think the the added element to all of it is is the the social media aspect of it. Like these things were happening anyway. 
but it was contained to you know the parties that were involved like we i think we, we um remember you know gang activity of being this this group of honorable men but that wasn't it <laughs> like it was it, it was it was definitely more organized but the savagery was there it was just you know the disrespect was intended for an audience of, of one or of six or whoever it was intended to reach and that's got like the streets knew about it but it wasn't you know it wasn't broadcast which also you know can lead to escalation like it's one thing to be disrespected but it's something different to be disrespected as publicly as it's being done and you know it appears that the um the goal is for the for the uh, greater audience like less to do with any issue with the um with the ops as the kids say but more more with um you know it's the the clout chasing it's like yo i'm I, yes I'm, I'm bold enough to do this and to make sure that y'all see it i think it's less about any any problem they would have or whatever they can gain from it by doing that and not thinking all the way through that yo you're going to get murdered behind this yeah yeah i mean that's that's what i think needs to be addressed within the community within when i say the community i mean like the hip-hop community like i don't think new york city mayor eric adams is going to get them to change that you know now as far as politicians meeting with rappers to quell violence look the the violence has been happening for a while and and actually statistically violent crime has gone down from right. from where it was at in the 90s so i'm never going to blame 20 year olds for 150 year old problems you, you get what i'm saying the point they're they're coming up and they're trying to make a way out of this the best way they know how like anybody else you know and you know when it when it comes to I, I just don't get why in every major city the police department has a blank check to weaponize the police department, get them weapons, get them more guns, get them more, you know, uh, uh, tactical gear. But, you know, whenever there's a budget crisis in a city, the first thing that's taken away is pre-K or libraries or after school programs. And then they wonder why these kids are, you know, standing on street corners by 13. You know, like nobody ever really wants to talk about the real, real issue and the real, real root cause, which is systemic racism, institutionalized racism. You know, that's 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 the cause of the violence. But nobody ever wants to talk about that because I I don't know, man, It's, it's like when these cops get sued and stuff for, you know, uh, brutality with these brutality cases and negligence cases. It's like, where do you think the money comes from? You know, it has right. to come from the taxpayers, yeah. you know, but people are all right with that because for some people, hey, a little bit of police brutality, it makes them feel safer. So, you know, because they know it's never going to be visited upon anyone who looks like them. So people are just kind of, you know, OK, we're OK with that. If some black kid every so often gets shot or killed by the cops because, you know, hey, that's what we got to do to maintain order, I guess. I don't even think it's a matter of like people are cool with police brutality i think there is a a you know non-zero percentage of the population that believes that that's not brutality that people are somehow deserving of the treatment they get based on their own actions like they should be more compliant 
And if they were more compliant, then they would not have to, you know, suffer those consequences. It doesn't seem unreasonable to them. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But I, I, I still think there's some people out there who are like kind of okay with it because and they're, they're 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 not okay with it. Like if it was visited upon them, they're okay with it because they know it never will be. Right. No, I agree with that. I agree right. with that. I think both things are are factors. Yeah. And the third factor that we're not really discussing right now, and that's a whole other can of worms, is, bro, somebody got to fill these prisons. Like, these are investments, and they are beholden to their shareholders. That is true. True. But yeah, this is a good point. What you brought up in is about the systemic racism. So there, there's all of these problems that have that trailed off. But if you lead back to the beginning of the uh, of the trail, it, all of those leadoffs start at racism. So you could talk about the prisons. You could talk about the um, police brutality. You can talk about the. Um, You're talking about the unfulfilled GI bills from the fifties and sixties. Yeah, you know, with all these the army lining. black army vets coming back who were supposed to be given housing like the white vets, but instead they were put in projects. An, another trail. You, and then you talk about how um, the uh, the assisted living and the assistance from the government that was given so readily to uh, black women, as long as they didn't have a man in the house, that leads back to all everything. All trails lead back to this system of racism that has gotten everything just run amok because of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, you got you, that divestment from communities. You got, you know, lack of resources, food deserts. It's like, you know, lack of jobs, you know, and then, and then they wonder why people turn to crime. So, yeah, I, I can never blame 20 year olds for problems that were, it, it, you know, it that existed long before they came along, you know, so. Yeah. So if you ain't going to talk about yeah, the politicians, if you ain't, if you're going to talk to some people and then you know good and well what it really is, what's the point of even doing it? Like if you go, like it, it'll, it'll, it could be a benefit if you're going to really talk about what, what the problem is, but who's going to do that? So it's pointless to even do it. It's just like, it's, it's just, like, yeah, it's a photo op. It's a mask, Correct. It's a mask to try to get That's more support. And that's Indeed. where it, it becomes, uh, you know, where it isn't pointless. Like there, it, it serves a point. It just does not serve the point exactly. or serve a purpose, not the purpose. Right. Yeah. yeah Indeed. But moving right along, man, we're going to go ahead. That happy gonna... note. You said what? I said on that happy note. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Oh, this racism is killing me inside. Killing me on the inside. <laughs> we um, we gonna go ahead. We gonna dive into this uh this this bracket, uh where we're gonna be discussing and voting on the best sophomore albums uh, in hip hop. Now in uh, in music period, there's something called the the sophomore slump. You know where artists don't seem to. Uh, deliver on their second album the same way they might have delivered on their first debut album and it's it's definitely real sophomore slumps are real however on the other hand 
sometimes your people's sophomore albums are in in many cases their best albums because that maybe their first album they were kind of able to gauge what they did wrong and kind of fix it and tweak things a little bit and you know uh give their career a, a, a bit of a, a a second wind you know creatively because they really over delivered on their on their second album uh so tonight we're going to discuss pay homage and vote on the best hip-hop sophomore album so first and foremost i wanted to give props to a couple of the albums Okay, I want to give props to a couple other albums that did not make the bracket, uh, but I felt they were definitely worth mentioning. Uh, the first one being uh, Fonte's No News is Good News. Mm-hmm. Uh, Most Death, The New Danger, did, yeah. not make, did not make the cut, but I thought it was worth mentioning. Uh, Onyx, All We Got Is Us. Um, I really, really wanted to include that, but just, man, it was nothing I could cut. Also, MOP, Firing Squad. That's a good one. DMX, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. Big Daddy Kane, It's a Big Daddy Thing. LP, I'll Sleep When You're Dead. And finally, Pete Rock and CL Smooth with the main ingredient. All right. Now, at the conclusion. That one didn't make it. You said what? I was definitely shocked that one didn't make it. Yeah, yeah. I, I really wanted to include that one, but oof, it's some good ones. It's some good ones out there that I, I had to mention. Um, now, at the conclusion of this, I also wanted you guys to share what sophomore releases would make your starting five, personally. Um, and they, you know, they can include out albums that were or were not included on this bracket, but I, I, I was kind of interested in hearing uh, what five albums y'all felt were the best uh, sophomore albums from hip hop acts. So we'll get to that as well. All right. So first up, man, we got our round one and <clears throat> we've got a tribe called Quest with Low End Theory going up against Beastie Boys, Paul's Boutique. That's crazy that this is. Wow. Yeah. Paul's Boutique was dope, but ain't nothing beating Low End Theory, man. Get out of here. Theory. Your, your guest pass is up, Beastie Boys. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. You want to work early, guest. You still get it. <laughs> All right. Low end theory advances. That one's unanimous. No shock there. Next up, we've got Eminem with the Marshall Mathers LP going up against Eric B and Rakim. Follow the leader. Hmm. Now, Jamil hit me up with some interesting information about one of these albums, if he would like to, to share. Well, I, yeah, I was trying to be discreet about it because I don't know if we, <laughs> if we, if we should uh, actually include this one. I think uh, Marshall Mathers LP might get disqualified for performance enhancing use. That is actually his, actually his third album, not his second. You are, you are correct, sir. You are technically correct. Um, I, however, cannot redo the bracket. <laughs> well, you can slide it in for the actual second album. Okay. The Slim Shady LP instead of Marshall Mathers LP. That we can do. Um, Which actually I feel is the better album, but... Um, Interesting. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go M on this. I'm gonna go M too. I, I kind of... 
I wanted to go Eric B and Rakim because there's some stuff on the Marshall Mathers LP that I think has not aged well. Agreed. Yeah. And on the Slim Shady LP that also did not age well. True. True. But Slim Shady LP, man, like people forget how dope those last three cuts were. Yes. And, and I'm, you know, I'm going back in time when it, when it came out for me when I was I was ready for to listen to ready to listen to Eminem. And don't get me wrong, I just wasn't like I, I'm, I guarantee you the same hysteria was there for Eric B and Rakim when that album dropped, but I wasn't around there for that. And I wasn't that wasn't your era. Yeah, so it's like I can only get testimony from other people. But as far as what I was feeling, you know, when those was dropping, I was there for all of it. So Jamil has not voted yet. I know I'm I'm debating. Because <laughs> it feels it feels like sacrilegious not to vote sure follow the leader right here. It sure does. But if I'm being honest, like what Vince said is exactly correct. Like for follow the leader, I had to go back and listen to it. It wasn't something that I was around for upon initial release, which I, I still obviously appreciate the, the album. Um but I had to find that it wasn't it wasn't in my orbit at the time right so that's it being all dramatic about it I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to Slim Shady LP oh wow okay I'm I'm about to pour one out for (laughs) the God MC for this one indeed indeed wow okay that feels feels so wrong too man (laughs) that was a unanimous vote for the guest okay all right, next up, we got Nas with It Was Written going up against LL Cool J, Bigger and Deffer. Queens versus Queens, huh? Indeed. Um, It Was Written. I'm going to go It Was Written. Bigger and Deffer, though, was... I'm going It Was Written as well. This this wasn't even close for me. I, I, got, I got love for LL, but come on, let's... let's... Let's be real. Let's, Let's be, be real. for real here. All right. Next up, we've got Public Enemy with It'll Take a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back. Going up against Rhapsody, Layla's Wisdom. Man. That's tough. Well, not really. Not for me. I'm going Rhapsody. Nation of Millions was a fine album, but like it wasn't. It wasn't better than the one that came right after it. If you're ever Black Planet. So it's Layla's wisdom for me because like that's that's what I check for when it comes to um, hip hop. And I don't know too much about the other album. Like I said, it's a product. I'm just a product of when I was born, too. So it's like it's more like certain certain albums that were that came before I really was listening to hip hop. They're more like sound bites, you know, than an actual thing for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like the don't believe the hype, you know, that type of stuff. And you know, um, pump up the volume, pump up the volume, you know, it's like it's more like some things are sound bites for me. I, I know the voices, I remember it, but I wasn't checking for it because I wasn't even listening to music like that yet so 
It's Layla's wisdom easy. Mm. Well, you got Jamil. All I know is I got a letter from the government. <laughs> I opened it and it said they were suckers. That's all I know. Layla's wisdom ain't getting no letters from the government. Going black still. I understand that the the argument you're making for it not being better than a fear of a black planet, but that way, the comparison. I'm going I'm going uh, public enemy on this one. Mm, okay. And I love Layla's wisdom. I love it too. That's why I'm going with Rhapsody. So <laughs> 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 all right, next up we got Wu Tang clan with Wu Tang Forever going against gang stars step into the arena yeah i'm going wu-tang forever hey wu-tang yeah not that this just wasn't even close <laughs> too much too much firepower it's a double album not even close okay. all right and i, I kind of really man, maybe i'm in a minority on this but i feel like gang star didn't really get their legs up under them until their third album Mm-mm. that that kid is called foreshadowing <laughs> it might be. It might be. <laughs> All right. There's so much more dynamic, man. Yeah, nine. You got nine rappers in the group, and every single last one of these niggas can rap. Eight of them. Hey, man, you gotta have have fire, man. <laughs> you, gotta you gotta have rap fire with me. <laughs> I will give a full throw to. Uh, defense of black shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up we got Jizza with Liquid Swords going up against Little Brother, the Minstrel Show. It's another tough one. I'm going Jizza. Yeah, you gotta go Liquid Swords on this one. I think Little Brother would choose this one also. To be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jizza. Let's go Liquid Swords. All right, Jizzle Liquid Swords advances. This next one is a good one, man. We got Common with Resurrection going up against the Roots. Do you want more? Surprise, surprise. I'm going Resurrection. All right. I'm going, I'm going Resurrection. I, too, am going Resurrection. I, it, I mean, I, I love Do You Want More. Um, it's one of the, like, first five hip-hop albums I actually bought love love that album you know a lot of sentimental value connected to it but even more with resurrection you know i remember resurrection was just like man that 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 album after my head up like you know maybe not like other albums did but it was just like man why isn't this more popular you're like this is this is an outstanding album you know but uh you know i shoot i'll put i'll put resurrection up against illmatic that's how that's how much i like that album mm. You know, maybe maybe it's a hometown bias, but eh. it feels like that's a part of it because a big part like uh, his his slang and his accent are major characters on the album that maybe don't resonate with somebody from a different different part of the country. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next up, we got Kanye West with late registration going up against EPMD unfinished business. Late I'm gonna put myself on blast on this one. I'm gonna go late registration because I don't really remember unfinished business. Like I remember the 
album obviously coming out, but I can't, like I was trying to go over it in my head, what was on it, and I, I honestly couldn't remember, so I, I, I'd be lying if I didn't go late registration. Yeah, I, I actually gave it, I gave Unfinished Business a, 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 a actual honest run through uh, in preparation for this, just to kind of re-familiarize myself with it. And, I, you know, it was a good album, but I can honestly say Relay Registration was was better. Um, yeah, it was just better. All right. So that takes us to our next conference. Uh, going to be on site when he, when, when he see you. <laughs> you said who who is gonna be on site? Jason. He was supposed to show up. <laughs> he yeah, he would have been this. good to come on here because, like, that would be the testimony that's needed for some of these. Correct. Hours. Correct. Yeah, because we still got quite a few uh, old ones up in here, and we still got to vote on. Um, next up, man, we got Dr. Dre with the Chronic 2001 going against Q-Tip, the Renaissance. Well, only one of these albums had Hitman on it. Is that a so good that thing being, or a bad thing? So, <laughs> so that being the case, I'm going with the <laughs> with the Renaissance. <laughs> I'm going Chronic. Man, I'm gonna have to go with the Renaissance, man. One of these albums, oh, but both these albums have very high replay value. But the way the Renaissance flowed from beginning to end, it was, it was just, it's just an incredible album. Where like, whereas with 2001, there's some dips and dives in it where you kind of lose interest a bit, especially toward the, the the third act of the album, and you just don't get that with the Renaissance, you know. And it was such a man. The Renaissance was such a a breath of fresh air. So I gotta go with the Renaissance. All right, did not see that one coming. Q-Tip takes out Dr. Dre. That is crazy. <laughs> All right, next up, we got Jay-Z with In My Lifetime, Volume 1, going up against Outkast, AT Aliens. This is actually a pretty good one. Oh, I was about to answer quick, but I had this to. Is, I had this to. is oh. a good one. This is a good one. Oh, no, it's AT Aliens. Oh, definitely AT Aliens. aliens. Definitely the ATL but I just thought thinking about some of the songs. That honestly, in my opinion, that uh in my lifetime, that did not age well. Like the beats and stuff like that. You know, I used to love You Belong to the City. But right. I yeah, I hear it now, I'll be like, man, this this doesn't this ain't, ain't holding up, you know? <laughs> nah, the songs, the songs on in my lifetime that are really good are really, really good. But man, those misses are bad. Yeah, man, I hear a certain beating up. I get a frown on my face and be like, yeah. <laughs> I don't, don't, don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear I know what girls like? Oh <laughs> and you know also too, this is when Jay-Z was shifting out of that Daz Effects-ish style, you know, speed rapping that he was like right. he was doing. He like, he was fading out of that. And yeah. you can feel it. You can feel it. Um, this was after you met Biggie, right? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, it might be. Oh, okay, but it's like, so. yeah, but it was like, um, you could tell when he was first rapping. This is when it seemed like he was transitioning into when he wasn't writing his stuff down anymore. 
because it wasn't all of that, you know, wiggity, 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 you know, they right. used to do. Yeah, it, w- it was definitely a gear shift for him stylistically, but it was almost too much of a, a, a too sharp of a gear shift. Almost. It's like he went from that, which I, the style Vince was talking about, which kind of worked on certain moments in reasonable doubt to like just kind of swinging for the fences for like a billboard hit with the second album and it was just like you know the tracks that are good are very good but the tracks that are bad it's just kind of almost unforgivable you know and um yeah yeah this 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 yeah i'm i'm at aliens it's just yeah at aliens (laughs) aliens is a polished album boy it is it really is Great and I don't think that it necessarily catches you on the first listen. Like if this is the first time you ever heard it, you, you might have to go back and, and check it a second time. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Very. Unless true. you start with unless you start with elevators, then it don't matter. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't hit you on the on the first listen. But for whatever reason, like it, when it catches you in the right moment, you know, it like yeah. All right, all right. Next up, we got Lupe Fiasco with the cool going up against Ice Cube death certificate. The cool, for me at least. The cool was an exceptional album. What? What? What was? What were some notable, uh, notable songs on Ice Cube? On death, on death certificate. certificate. Yeah. Black Korea. Um, what else was on that one? It was oh, I could, I Black Korea is the one, the wrong, the wrong nigga to mess with. Uh, <laughs> look who's burning! I forgot that was on there. Yeah, the cool. <laughs> Giving <laughs> up the nappy dugout was on there. Uh, the cool, and of I'm course. Going. No Vaseline. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah the cool. Nah, I'm going. I'm going death certificate. You I love the cool. Y'all I love the cool. Check that album out. I mean, I Ice cool, Cube bro. is is great. It is a great album. Um, man, man's best friend, alive on arrival. Um, but I gotta go with the cool. Uh, the I cool mean, su- succeeds on. I mean, it was it was essentially a a, a, a which call it a concept album. Concept album, yeah. You know that just was just really 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 good. You know. In my think, opinion, better than food and liquor. Like I, I think this is one of those, those. I mean, all these albums you you can kind of say that this about, but this is one of those cases where the second album, the artist really elevated their game. Very I, much so. Side note: Did y'all hear his new song? I did. A hundred Chicago's. Yeah, I like that man. I like the video too. The uh, oh, he's a video for it. Yeah, you gonna love it. Check out the op- the optics of the videos. It's dope, man. Yeah, I, I, I mess with that track. Yeah, I mess with that track definitely. All right. Well, it's funny, Vince. <laughs> when I heard it, I was getting ready to send it to you, but I got busy doing something else, and like never, never got around to it. But um, next up, we got Ghostface Killer with Supreme Clientele going up against Buster Rhymes when disaster strikes. Yeah, this is a hard one. No, go I was buddy. thinking in my head that there's nothing that's gonna be supreme clientele, and then you drop that one. I'm going bust. I'm going ghost. 
Oh, I knew I knew you were. <laughs> you knew I was. <laughs> and I love that Buster. I don't get me wrong, I love that Buster, but I gotta go ghost. Nutmeg ah. one Saturday night, mighty healthy, buck fifty. Come on. He made it, but then you got Child's play. Put your hands where my eyes can see and rhymes the Lord. One. I'm going Buster, man. <laughs> oh my goodness. Dang, you know, CD flipped to bail me out this time either. Dang. <laughs> All right, so I think I'm trying to think who got the most skips. The Buster probably got the most skips, but I think that Buster high had probably has the highest highs. That's it. Then over Supreme clientele. And don't penalize Buster because he got his cousin Rampage on some of the album. <laughs> oh man, you just made my case stronger. I, I knew it. <laughs> I would like to I mean, give the rest of my time to my opponent. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely part of the skippable skippable factor of the Buster. Man, Supreme Clientel wasn't just—it wasn't just the album; it was a moment in hip hop. <laughs> as was as was Disaster Strikes, though. Yeah, not like not like Ghost though. I don't know. I guess it depends on what circles you were you was rolling in. But like, exactly, that exactly. Supreme Clientel was everything, nigga. So so so. But also, but, but the Disaster Strikes, like that, put your hands where my eyes could see, bro. Was. <laughs> Like that did so much damage. So the, that so did so much damage. It, it it spawned another single. Yeah, completely completely separate from that. That um that Eric Sermon um five four three two one like that's put your hands on my eyes because he like that was his version of it. Yeah. So as a question, which album was more anticipated and lived up? to its anticipation i don't it's, know it's, that it's hard for me to say because the ghost it was anticipated amongst like woo heads but right. nobody knew how good that album was gonna be like i mean we we remembered iron man we liked iron man and definitely messed with it but it's like when supreme clientele dropped he sounded hungrier on that than he sounded on iron man iron man you might have sold me, man. I'm gonna go Supreme Quine too. This is, uh, yeah, this is that. That was an unfair one. I'm going. I mean, it was a good one because they both these albums get box. Yes, I get why. I I totally understand why. I think it's just. I think it's just the 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 Buster probably got more skippables. Sorry, y'all had to hear me work that out on the air, listeners. But <laughs> no, I get it. Why it's not? I get why it's not like. Anybody gonna be like, oh man, y'all done lost your mind. But yeah, I'm, I'm just going bust. I'm standing on it. I respect it. I I, I respect it too. I, I'm, I, I I would be right there with you. But the, man, the ghost is just. And see, the funny thing with the ghost was that it was a it was an instant cult classic, and it kind of took a while for like hip hop in general to really acknowledge it. But when it did, it was like it was like okay, yeah, hands down. This deserves to be mentioned with the blueprints and the and the equipment eyes and, and you know what I mean and the scores and all that. 
you know, like, like, cause people, yeah, people kind of, I'm not gonna say they fronted on it, cause everybody who heard it loved it, but it, it took a while. It was a slow burn. It took a while to catch on. I think there was a lot of people that just didn't didn't hear it. You know, a lot of people that wasn't woo heads that just wasn't checking for it for real. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing though, Ghostface is it's amazing how Ghostface is articulate when he raps. But man, have a conversation with this dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's kind of like the little baby too. Like, little baby, he can articulate when he's when he's rapping. But you see, have y'all seen any of his interviews? No, I, I have. I actually, I actually like his interviews. Like he 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 talked like a dude from the south. Yeah, but he has some interesting things to say. Yeah, and I, and I stand behind my assertion that little baby is a goat. <laughs> but Ghostface, oh, man, it was like it hit a Ghostface. It's, <laughs> you, it is like his pen is not his conversation. You know, but I do, I do know similarities with his with his rap you know with his his rhyming and, and his conversation at times it's like i i, I can kind of see i can kind of connect some of the dots like have you heard his audio book no i don't even know you had one it's 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 like i think it's called the world according to pretty tony but he's basically like giving like love and relationship advice and and like telling niggas to brush their teeth and stuff it's like hilarious but like, that's funny <laughs> but um you could kind of hear the similarities there with his with his rhyme style like okay i i i i'm hearing rap ghosts on here too but but moving right along moving right along we've got biggie with life after death going up against dale the funky homo sapien no need for alarm this was this was an unfortunate matchup for dale i, I think i think we're all gonna go biggie on this one yeah, Biggie yeah. for sure. All right. Life after death advances. Next up, we got Mob Deep, the infamous, going mm. up against De La Soul is dead. Mm. Nah, as crazy as you guys may think I'm about to sound, I'm going infamous. Hmm, interesting. Mm. Infamous is like strikingly consistent when you listen to it. It's just like from beginning to end, it's like, man, y'all really kept the same energy through the whole album, like consistent. Yeah. So the thing about De La Soul, the fact that I love them so much is part of it. The 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 way that they rap is like beer. Like it's it's really an acquired taste. So the infamous is more um a straight easy, shot of Henny. Easier to listen to. Right. It's easier to to get into that vibe, the uh mob deep vibe. Because they just go on, you know, the beat starts and they just go. But De La Soul, they got they got some quirkiness to them that, you know, you have to, you know, and have to not not necessarily grow to like, but like figure out if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. The infamous is a is a easier a easier listen for like a casual ear. It's not it's not a whole lot 
that's all that complex about the album. Like, it just kind of is what it is. Gutter, you know, gutter, gutter street hip hop. It's, it's just, you know, ridiculously sized hoodies and, and jeans and Tim's. <laughs> they out there wearing, they in there, uh, like, like height and like tents, man. They walking around in <laughs> those big, those big camp, camp covers, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Wearing size forty eight jeans and yeah. a, a thirty. What they call it? Camping bags. Yeah, they wearing camping bags for 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 coats, man. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with De La Soul is dead though. This one is more. That's more my speed. Infamous was was an incredible album, but yeah, I'm going um I'm going De La on this one. I too. I, I, as much as I love the infamous, I too have to go with Daylight. I think it was just a more entertaining album, and as wacky as it was, it was it was a felt it felt a little bit more focused than Three Feet High and Rising. You know, the skit with the kids in school listening to the tape, and you know the different themes that they visited on the album too, like you know rapping about things like abstinence, uh, you know trying to holler at girls in Burger King and. You know, dog in the house music scene. It was, it was. Uh, my brother's a bass head. You know, it, it was a lot of just. Um, it, it it was like assorted flavors, man. It was it was all types of topics that they were touching on in their own little unique De La Soul way, and I was I was just here for it, man. I was just here for it. It was like these dudes clearly come from the hood. They come from str- from struggle, but at the same time, they they never lose their sense of humor. You know, and I, I kind of that's what I really appreciate about the album and, you know, the sample work on there is just incredible. I was waiting for you to say it. <laughs> they, uh, they paid for it, though. Ooh. It's like Mike and Ike's, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Mike and Ike's. It's like it's like, you, you know what I mean? It's like, OK, it's like they giving me a song about, man, a, a girl who was getting molested by her father, you know, and it's like. But somehow, like, kept it, kept the overall feel of the album somewhat lighthearted, man. It was just like, man, how did yeah. they, how did they pull that off, you know? Well, I, and I knew y'all were going to vote that way. I just wanted to try to, you know, give, give Infamous some love. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it deserves love, too. Like, that, that is a, a remarkably, uh, like I said, consistent album. I'm about to um, I'm about to mess with Jason real quick and text him. <laughs> Pulling his hair out. Damn. <laughs> this man probably just got into an accident and can't understand why. It's <laughs> <laughs> a disturbance in the force. All right. Let's see if he responds to that. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got. Kendrick Lamar with Good Kid Mad City going up against Organized Confusion Stress what's crazy is that I think Good Kid Mad City is a spiritual descendant of stress also I I, I think I'm following you but okay so Good Kid Mad City was about it, it was it was about a basically a day in a life. Well, no, it wasn't just about that, but that that was one of one of the themes of the album, a day in a life of a kid in L.A. 
getting into trouble, trying to, you know, get some get some action from a chick on the side, but also at the same time ride for his buddies and get into hijinks. But it all took place in a, a hood where all types of crazy ish was going down. Stress is about the East Coast version of that. Maybe not so much with the kid getting in trouble and getting into hijinks, but you very much feel the um, the uh, the neighborhood. Uh, of yeah, the, of the, the neighborhood and the environment you. and the atmosphere that they paint for that album. And Pharaoh was doing his thing lyrically with the with the sped up flows and slowing them down and speeding them up. And Kendrick does the same thing. That's a really good comparison that I, I hadn't even considered. But I'm still going. And I can't even. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead Jameer. No, I was just gonna say I can't even. Like I was trying to go in my head off. All right, well, which one did more burn? Well, how's gotten more burn? But you couldn't get the stress album for a while. Like this is a recent thing that they they started streaming again. So I can't even use that as the as the barometer. Stop. Good kid, Mad City. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go get, get Mad City. I'm gonna get myself a headache trying to. You know what? I'm not mad at it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a vote vote stress, just as a protest vote. <laughs> but I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. Good kid, Man City advances. Jason really gonna be mad about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, we got the Fugees with the score, going up against N.W.A. Niggas for Life. Oh, I'm going to score. Score. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to score as well. Um, the score is one of my 10 favorite, personal favorite hip hop albums of all time. Um, I can't, I just can't say that about Niggas for Life. Even though I feel it honestly is out of the two NWA albums, I honestly feel it is the better one. Okay. I have to uh, listen to them back to back. Oh, yeah, it's definitely Niggas for Life to me. Um, but it also has not aged very well either. No, yeah, that's none the of problem. it. None of it does. That is the major problem. It doesn't age that well, and um, and it's funny because I look at it in so many. I look at a lot of music, especially during these uh, these uh, brackets. I, I think about what songs do I play actually. Mm. Right. So a lot. Of, sometimes that goes into play. It's like. Mm. So because, you know, as a DJ, you kind of have an ear to the to the streets, so to speak, in a certain way. So you just know, you just remember a certain song based off of that. And I ain't playing too much of nothing from Niggas for Life. You can't, not if you got any women in the crowd. Yeah, and then, but the score? Oh, yeah. Three, three songs. Easy. That can potentially be played. Right. Indeed, indeed. All right. So this will take us now to our second round. We have a tribe called Quest with Low End Theory going up against Slim's Shady LP by Eminem. Low End yeah, Theory. I'm on low End Theory. Yeah, Low End Theory for me too. I don't even need to discuss this. All right, next up we got oh, this is a good one. Um Nas. It was written. Going up against Rhapsody, Layla's Wisdom. Ooh, don't kill me, y'all. I'm going Layla's Wisdom. I respect it. I respect it. I'm going to go Nas, though. If I rule the world, 
I would free all my sons. <laughs> Open every cell in Attica and send them to Africa. Which was a stupid line, by the way. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go. With it was written on going Nas on this one. All right. It was I can't written. believe that. That's twice I voted against Rhapsody. That's crazy. That's because you. That's because you. You. You hate black women and don't want to protect them. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this, this. This is who y'all like, ladies. This is Jamil for you. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> all right all right um i was about to say something about it was written oh oh you were you were bringing up if i rule the world crazy thing is i honestly feel if i ruled the, i know that's like the big song from that album but i feel like it was one of the weaker songs on the album oh it really wasn't a great song it's just that it was a lauren collaboration right that's the only thing that made that and that the hype video right 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 all right, next up we got Wu Tang with Wu Tang Forever going up against Jizza Liquid Swords. Interesting. Oh, so either house, way, house, house either divided. Way right. I think I gave Liquid Swords more burn than I gave Wu Tang Forever. Stop it. So, this is my thing. I care to listen to them more together than solo like I like listening to them as a group more than just like all of one you know what I'm saying so I don't go Wu-Tang forever I kind of agree with that notion just in general because I like posse cuts uh-huh because they they vibe off each off, off of each other so well like but I definitely I well, definitely have played Liquid Swords kind of sounded like a Wu album because it was a lot of collaborations on there. He had every yeah. single Wu member on there. Yeah. It, it's probably the Wu solo joint that I bumped the most myself, and it is my personal favorite. But man, Wu Tang Supreme Clientele, really. Do I did I bump it more than Supreme Clientele? I think I did. I think I did. Slight, slightly more, yeah. Uh, uh. Hey, I'm going Liquid Swords. I'm going Liquid Swords. All right, I'm going Wu Tang Forever. Um, just a lot of cuts on Wu Tang Forever, man. You got, uh, you got Little Ghetto Boys, Impossible, OGM. Severe Punishment. Uh, what else? Dog Ish. The projects, uh, duck season, oh, heaters, heaters, Maria. I don't know though, man. Fourth chamber, cold world, Indeed. Bible, labels, uh, cold world. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sticking with. Just, just, sticking with with liquid swords. We just killed Jizza and then he still wins on the other side. So right. that's crazy, right? Cream always rises to the top. All right. Well, next up, this is an interesting one. Common Resurrection going up against Kanye. Late registration. Chicago versus Chicago. That is interesting. 79th Street versus 87th Street. Late registration. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. <sighs> 
I gotta go. I gotta go resurrection. I can't even say it out loud. I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go late registration. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go late registration. I can't open it. This loyal fool. <laughs> you will be playing basketball in Pelican Bay. You're giving late registration the edge over resurrection. Production. Bro, the production it's, on Resurrection was phenomenal. It was. Don't get me wrong, but it was. It was also not. See, I guess late registration has the advantage of coming out later, and it has the ability to kind of build on what already existed. Like late register. I mean, not late registration. Uh, resurrection is easily one of the most slept on comic albums. Like people don't talk about it. They talk about B before they talk about it, which I don't understand for the life of me. But I think for late registration, just for me personally, and I, I don't know that I could say it's objectively a better album, but that one, for me, is kind of like what we said earlier about Rakim versus, um, uh, not what Rakim, it was uh, EPMB and uh, somebody else. And I was like, I hadn't listened to it. So Resurrection was one that I had to also go back and listen to. Oh, where, where late registration was one I was in the thick of it and I was a huge Kanye fan at the time but it got really dope on the album is is that is that is that really gonna trump Thomas <sighs> resurrection <laughs> I mean it's it's definitely got a skippable moment resurrection has but, no skippables like Right, but so, I think it's another one of those situations where, like, I think I'm, I think the highest highs are on late registration. But agree, the lower lows are on also on late registration. Heard them say, touch the sky, gold digger, drive slow, homie. Crack music. I didn't like crack music. Oh man, I love that beat, man. I, I didn't like crack, crack music, music, and I didn't like that track with Brandy, and I and I and I to be like honest. That one. I, I never was crazy about heard him say. Diamonds from I Sierra love heard him say. Gone. We made you. Gone, gone, gone is my joint. Gone is my jam. Gone. I never like we major. I never like we major. Yeah, we, oh, man, yeah, just, we major is the is. The oh, I love it. Awful. awful. I love it. Addicted is everybody. Good. Everybody on that was terrible. All right, the people have spoken. Man, yeah, there's more versatility in, in in late registration as I'm as I'm kind of playing both albums in my head right now. I'm comfortable with this pick. People have spoken and voted against their best interest. Kanye West late <laughs> registration. <laughs> Ironically, <laughs> you voting for Kanye, you voting against your best interest, huh? Yeah, absolutely, you know hey, it's if true. Get, <laughs> if, if if he beat if. If that album beat late registration, then we're going to lose the very next round. It depends on the matchup. Right. It's definitely got some albums it could beat. Yeah, because I don't know if late registration going to get further than that. But next up, we got <laughs> Q-Tip with uh, Renaissance going up against Outkast, ATL. I'm going to go to Renaissance. I love ATL, but I think I played the Renaissance more. Oh, you got Vince. Um, oh. it's tough, man. Um, it is tough. Renaissance, Renaissance. 
I think about, yeah, I think about that. I go through the list of the song. Cause I know the, I know the ATL ones. Well, we fight, we love, black romance. Yeah, I'm going AT aliens. So I gotta be the tiebreaker. I'm gonna go Renaissance, man. Reason being, I have to be in a mood to listen to AT aliens. Maybe not for tracks like Elevators and stuff. I know what you're saying, though. I get that part. You can throw that on any time. I'm I'm rocking to it. But Q-Tips is a renaissance, man. I could play that around the house cleaning up. I could play that in the car on my way home from work. You know, uh, drinking in a garage. I could play. Well, man, actually, no. AT Aliens might be a better drinking in a garage album. Yeah, 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 yeah. And low-key, it might be better in the car. This is true. But I know I've played Renaissance more. Yeah. I'm going to go with Renaissance. I'm going to go with Renaissance. I don't want to overthink this. Ooh, this next one is good. Lupe Fiasco, the cool, going up against Ghostface Killer Supreme Clientele. Ooh. I know what y'all want to say. But How could you? Because I don't know what I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I mean, like Supreme Clientele is something. That's that's an album that's mentioned a lot, especially as, as far it, as is the cool though. Yeah, that's more hipster. Um, but I'm going to cool. A lot of niggas was messing with the cool. A lot of them. Yeah, that's true. Dumb but I gotta down. go ghost. The cool. A lot of Chicagoans were messing with the cool. I don't. I don't hear a lot of New Yorkers talking about them. I don't hear a lot of people from Cali just bringing them up. But you know, the Midwest rocks with them heavy. You saying I don't think nobody thing. from Cali really rocking with that Ghostface for real though? That's true. Ain't no. Uh, ain't no Roger Troutman sample. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I gotta go ghost on this one though. You've made the right choice, sir. You've chosen wisely. Like <laughs> I don't feel like it. Man, I could put the pool on like man on a nice, nice, partly cloudy day with the with a slight breeze, man, throw the cool on. Man. It's a good feel. Little weapon, cool is a sad album. I think about it. Yeah, it, it, it had some sad moments. Um, dang, but that uh, what was the fast food track called? Niggas gotta eat. Hmm? Off the cool. Off the cool. It said life ain't easy when niggas gotta eat. That's when this get greasy. Yeah, yeah. Nah, that's, that's cool, man. Yeah, but then there's also Hip Hop Saved My Life, which was not a good song. I, I never liked that one. I never liked Go Watch either. Are you tripping? Go Go Gadget Flow. I didn't like that one. This, this, this actually, this album being I reminds me of an unpopular opinion that I have that I'll share at a later time. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, Ghost Advances. 
Next up, we got Biggie with Life After Death going up against De La Soul is Dead. Hmm. I don't know, man. Down goes De La Soul in my book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Life sure, After sure. Death. So y'all here for Nasty Boy, huh? Okay. No, we here for Niggas Bleed, and I got a story to tell. <laughs> <laughs> and Notorious Thugs, and Somebody's Gotta Die. Sky's the limit. And going back to Cali. And Ten Crack Commandments. Come hey, this is the album. Long, this good this night. Is the album. This album that solidified him as the goat. Even though he only had two albums, but this yep. is the album. Yeah, I guess I gotta go with Life After Death. I might actually have to listen to that one. All right. <clears throat> Next up, we got Good Kid, Mad City by Kendrick Lamar going up against the Fugees. The score. This is a good one. Good kid, Mad City. I'm going to score. I'm trying to think, they both got a couple skips here. Whoa, 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 whoa! Ain't no skips on the score. Hey, I, I... oh, it's absolutely skips on the score. Hold on. Well, like what? Put, let me think about it right now. Any song pri- prize is rapping too long on. <laughs> I mean, you just skip past his verse, not not the whole song though. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, I, I never listened to No Woman, No Cry. I don't even really consider that part of the album. Yeah, it's on the tail end. And although this was like the big, big, big track, I guess you're right. It ain't, it ain't a lot of legit skips. I never listened to Fuji La, even though like that was the like the big single. I just never loved that one. I guess you're right. And you know, just get from thinking about all the stuff at the end of the album. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, I gotta go to score. All right. Those score advances. All right, we down to our Elite Eight. I'm tripping. How could I forget that one? That's the one with Lauren gave all her logic and her theories. Yeah. Had a little flavor. Case you ignorant niggas still. Hear me. <laughs> indeed, indeed. All right. We got a tribe called Quest with Lowen Theory going up against Nas. It was written. It's against Queens again, huh? Yeah, low end theory. Low end theory. Man, I might have to go Nas. I was just listening to Low End Theory. I I, I visit that more than I it's funny, man. I I, I don't visit a lot of early Nas, but these last three years. Oh yeah, he's been on a tear lately. Yeah, yeah, he he's he has he's been going off. All right, tribe called Quest advances. All right, next up we got Wu Tang Forever going up against Kanye West. Late registration. Hmm. Wow, I don't know how this forever. is. Ho- Dude, I know how this is hard, man. I, I gotta go with saying. It wasn't hard at all. It was just dramatic effect on my part. <laughs> no, I had to pause a little bit. I leaned into the mic like I was gonna answer, and then I had to hesitate. <laughs> <laughs> all I know is Wu Tang is here forever. Mother. <laughs> yeah. 97. <laughs> right, my niggas and my nigga Let's <laughs> take it back. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a way to. That's one of the. 
Yeah, that's one of the best introductory. <laughs> that's the one of the best ways to to start an album, man. Absolutely. Ever. To start to start like, how do you even release that as a single? It's like a twenty minute song. Yeah, man. That's it. They pulled it off, man. They fan. They 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 knew what they fans wanted, man. They 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 Absolutely. knew they fan base. And it became like that. That if we talk about a moment. That was a moment. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, down we to t- the video. <laughs> There's an old dirty man. <laughs> <laughs> it is unclear what he wants. <laughs> Wasn't he locked up when they shot that video? Who? Wasn't he locked up when they shot that video? He might have been. He might have been. Because, I, I mean, that clearly wasn't him on the roof. Right, right. Yeah, he clearly used, like, a stunt double or something. Yeah. Wu-Tang forever. All right. Wu-Tang advances. Uh, all right, next up. Oof. Getting harder and harder. We got Q-Tip, the Renaissance. Going up against Ghostface Killer, Supreme Clientele. Yeah, I'm going Supreme Clientele. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I am... Also going Supreme Clientele. All right, next up, we got Biggie with Life After Death going up against the Fugees to score. Mm. I'm going with the score. I'm going Life After Death. Life After Death. Understood. A lot of information on a double album. All right. We are got all kinds of tracks on that one. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We are down to our final four. All of them East Coast acts, actually. Yeah, so we're down to our final four. So we got a tribe called Quest with Low End Theory going up against Wu Tang Forever. That's fitting. Yo, that's that's absolutely fitting. Hip hop's oh. two greatest groups. Yo, take it easy. South got something to say. I'm gonna go low end theory. Mm. I'm going to go. I'm gonna go Wu Tang forever. Mm. Man, y'all gonna make me choose this one, huh? <laughs> Man, low end theory or Wu Tang forever? <laughs> this is so hard. I mean, it says Wu Tang is forever. They could take this L real quick. That'd be all right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. All I know is low end theory inspired a whole other a whole other classic album. Let's see, that's the thing. Neither album even needs to be talked up. It's just like Yeah. I do want I must come down to personal choice. Here here here's what I'm gonna put out to, to try to sway you. I feel Wu Tang Forever is Wu Tang's best album. And as good as it is, I don't feel low end theory is Tribe's best album. I feel it's their second best album next to Midnight Marauders. Also, The What and Sky Pager are skippables. Yeah. So, so Low End Theory, they do have some outdated sounds. Oh, wow. I don't like where this is going at all. No, I mean, <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, like, like, you can tell when it was made you know what i'm saying well actually you could do that with both albums that's right 
so I had to, I, I can't I can't even use that. Man. Even though Wu Tang say they for the kids, you can't play that around your children. The young youth. The young youth. Yeah, very disrespectful what you're saying about Wu Tang. <laughs> the young youth. You <laughs> got dolphin teeth. <laughs> oh man. So I have to go back to what these albums meant to me when I first heard them because I heard Low End Theory not when it, I didn't hear it when it came out but I went and got I went and got that that Wu-Tang Forever with my homies because we wanted to get that you know what I'm saying so yeah I'm gonna go Wu-Tang Forever because man when we dropped that in when we when we got a hold of that album we heard we we didn't do anything until we heard the album like we had to hear it yeah, I respect we, we, it. Wu Tang forever. I respect it. Wu Tang advances to the finals. Next up, we got Ghostface Killer Supreme Clientele going up against Biggie Life After Death. This this is terrible. Brooklyn versus Staten Island. This is terrible. I gotta go Supreme Clientele. <laughs> I can't, but I can't believe it. I can't believe that I'm choosing that silver big. The cream rises to the top. I too am going supreme clientele. I'm going with these razor thin margins. You gotta biggie get penalized on some of these suspect lyrics he got. <laughs> I'm going biggie still. <laughs> Suspect lyrics. It's like, yeah, they came back to haunt Biggie in the worst way <laughs> on vibes yeah. and stuff. Uh, you could have been wearing the crown, Biggie, but no, nah, you you had to talk about how you, how. Well, never mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. We all we all know what we're talking about. There's <laughs> right, one line that that haunts me forever on West Beef when you talk about his boy Gutter. Like, you co-signing his behavior, bro. <laughs> He, he, he threatening the behavior. He's going to send him in to do it. That's pretty much what he's saying. <laughs> he's like, yo, don't you know my... Anyway. Yeah, Ghostface. Proudly. <laughs> All right. We have a Woo Finals, man. Uh, Inter-Crew Finals for the first time ever in the vibes and stuff. Brackets. Wow. And of course, and it just happens to be Wu-Tang. I call shenanigans. There's hey, a Tim man. Donaghy referee out here. Hey, man. <laughs> Like I said, the cream rises to the top. <laughs> we got Wu Tang Forever going up against Ghostface Killer, Supreme Clientele. Wu Tang Forever. Supreme Clientele. Oh, y'all gonna make me do this, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolute. It's only fitting. It really is. Cause you, you the reason Supreme Clientele made it this far. <laughs> I would actually say the reason the Wu-Tang forever made it this far. As my man Tony Baker would say, feel every piece of this. <laughs> oh, man, man. I don't want to overthink this. Give me, give me, give me, I'm going to go Wu-Tang forever. And this is... This is why I'm gonna say this. I felt Wu Tang Forever 
the margin of improvement over their first album was wider than the margin of improvement between Supreme Clientele and Iron Man. Really? I do. Hmm. While Supreme Clientele might have been better than Iron Man, it wasn't leaps and bounds ahead of Iron Man. Iron Man still has some 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 cut your throat open cuts. Um, Absolutely. I, I just I guess I think just Ghost uh, growth as an MC. I don't know. I, I don't know that I necessarily agree with the the growth on Wu Tang Forever being that much greater. I think where there's more opportunity because there was growth from everybody, so maybe it appears to be more apparent. But I think just pound for pound, like Ghost got better. But it's not to say that he wasn't great before. It's like Jordan in '86 versus Jordan in '92. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did Drake quote any lyrics from Supreme Clientele? Well, I think Drake is hardly the standard bearer for good hip hop. <laughs> right. <I'm the> one <laughs> who, they he say, according he, to. He quoted some from Tri- uh, from uh, Wu Tang Forever. Wu Tang Forever. Yeah, also, but I've also heard that uh, Drake, Drake made music for soccer moms. And so Wu Tang really... hated that song, by the way. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Funny. Yeah, they I don't hated trust it. Life can MCs anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now, Ghostface, here, here, are the, here are the people that Ghostface took out. That Supreme Clientele took out. He took out Biggie, Life After Death. He took out Q-Tips The Renaissance. He took out Lupe Fiasco's The Cool. And he took out Buster Rhymes when disaster strikes. So Supreme Clientele was on quite a tear till they ran up against Wu Tang Forever. Because once it once it beat the cool, I was like, uh, this might win it all. I actually had low end theory going all the way. Really? Yeah. I ain't mad at it though. Wu Tang Forever winning is not not some travesty of justice. No, not at all. Congratulations to that album for winning the best hip hop sophomore album ever, according to Vibes and Stuff podcast. And uh, yeah, I'm very satisfied with how that went. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going to give it up to you all real quick um, before we get to our album face off. What five hip hop sophomore albums would make your personal starting five? So when I did this, I I specifically wanted to use stuff that wasn't on the bracket. Um, just to one, make sure that we, you know, giving love to the albums that deserve it, but but these are definitely like legit albums that I listen to pretty frequently. Um, so I got you actually shouted this one out in uh, the honorable mentions. No news is good news. Ah. Um, I tried to catch a technicality on Adrenaline Rush, but it turns out that was the third album, not the second. Um, Running Jewels Two. I got uh, also Goody Mob still standing. And now that I look at my list, these are all Southern cats, huh? And uh, skills, I ain't mad no more. Oh, that was his sophomore album. Yep. Was that four or five? 
That's, that's four. Fifth was uh, Hell Half No Fury by the Clips. This is all Southern cats. Huh. Interesting. Hell Half No Fury. Okay. All right. I'm going to Missy Elliott, The Real World. Ooh, okay, okay. Honorable yeah, mention. I know, I, I know a lot of people don't like that one, but. <laughs> All right, Vince. You have five sophomore albums to go on your starting five. Well, you all named all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, uh, uh, let me see. What else do we got to mention, though? I think we need to mention some more, but you all got them. When you hit Hill Half No Fury, that was uh, that was basically the last one for me. Um, but we do need to mention let me find that out, the name of Ti's album. Oh, trap music. Yeah, trap music, because that that shifted him into like. They gave him his uh they gave him his momentum. That's real. Let him tell it. He he created the genre of trap music. <laughs> yeah. That's what he said. He has a point though. Not really. He wasn't the first person to talk about trap. Nah, he wasn't the first, but usually the person that claims it is wasn't the first. But he, he made it. He made it a thing. So to speak, well, we need to mention by all means necessary Boogie Down Productions. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I know y'all don't want to hear it, but Drake's Take Care album was. Yeah, that's the one everyone seems to like and seems to agree upon. I have to mention that, of course. Yeah, because Drake don't get enough love. <laughs> A starving artist. <laughs> basically about it. Okay, you don't want to put bust on, on your list. Well, I mean, it's I mean it's already been mentioned. I'm trying to, you know. Oh, I got you. But I was just going to go one of y'all to go with y'all. What you? Oh, y'all I got you. Well, yeah, That's you fine. know, Busta. Um, that would be on my list as well. UGK Super Type. That um, I, I don't know why I like them so much. I, it's just funny because I don't even know. I like UGK, and I, I like um Bun B more for his lyrics. But it's just something about Pimp C. I don't know what it is, man. <laughs> he's just cool. He's just, yeah, he's just cool. Yeah, he he's the life of the party. But uh, for myself, my starting five sophomore albums will be. For one, the album that won, Wu-Tang Forever. The Fugees, The Score. Common, Resurrection. Which y'all so disrespectful to that. Um, <laughs> Ghostface Killer, Supreme Clientele, which was our runner-up. And then my fifth album would honestly be Pete Rock and CL Smooth, The Main Ingredient. Mm. Okay. No skippables on that album. Just The album is butter. Okay. All right, very well. Let's move right along to our album face-off for the night. We got two old-school legendary acts and duos going against each other and two albums from 1992. 
Um, we've got in one corner, we've got Gangstar with their third album, Daily Operation, released uh, May 5th, 1992 on Chrysalis Records. It was clocked in at 18 songs and 53 minutes and produced entirely by DJ Premier. And it's going against P-Rock and CL Smooth's debut album, Mecca and the Soul Brother, released just a month later, June 9th, 1992, on Untouchables Entertainment, clocking in at 16 tracks and 77 minutes, produced entirely by Pete Rock. So, we put these two albums together. Which one were y'all feeling more and why? Um, well, I will say this. I love Guru's voice. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's, his voice is so it's, it's it's a different type of voice it's like, like it's so signature like as soon as you hear it you know who it is you know what I'm saying like you know who that is as soon as you hear it and the album was Boom Bap is that if there ever is you know what I'm saying like this right. is Boom Bap uh, on the corner of a New York street in front of a in front of like a bodega <laughs> Type music, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like really the uh like that is like it captures that sound captures like a time in history for that for that area of uh you know uh, for New York. I mean the other album does as well, but as far as the other album is concerned. Man, talk about just smooth, right? <laughs> Indeed. Because there, there's there's hitches in Guru's style, in my opinion. Like it's but then again, there's there's something to get used to with um CL Smooth. Yeah, it's, it's something to get used to with CL Smooth style too, because he um you know he has a he has a um a rhyme scheme that he said, I'm going to stick to this whether yeah. anybody likes it or not. This is what <laughs> I'm going to do. <laughs> and it works. It works. It definitely works. It, to be honest, man, I I enjoy both of them even. But it really came down to the very last song. Mm. And on the, last, the last song on Gangstar was so whack. <laughs> 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 it was so whack that I gave it to CL Smooth because it it maintained it, it it didn't have as many highs or lows as Gangstar, but it maintained the whole it, it consistent the whole way through, and then. That is that if you want to just make people mad at the end of an album, that's what you do for uh Gangstar. Like that song was so whack to me. I, I would have to agree. And I'm like, man, it just messed up the whole thing. It, it like to me, it just it like it soured the whole experience for me because I was enjoying it. I'm like, oh, this is the last song. Let's see what they're gonna do. And then they did that. <laughs> And then I went to the CL Smooth, listened to that album, like, yeah, this is this is an easy selection just off of the last song alone. Cause I was like, let me see what they do for their last song. Cause they we get down to it. Cause the albums, they were a good length. They weren't too long or too short. 
but it's just like man you gotta end, you gotta close an album out well and they nah, that day they messed that up hey so I, i'm gonna see how smooth hey i'm with it i'm with it all right jamil man who you got between these two albums um so these were both like bona fide classic must listen to albums um one of which is a must listen to just for historical context not necessarily because it's just that fantastic of an album like neither one of these are whack but i think there's one that that stands out clearly more than the other um production wise is almost a wash like they have very very similar sounds or not well no no not 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 that that's not what i mean they have similar samples that were being used but they were flipped differently um i think you could tell the youth on the side of really both um both acts maybe more so on the gangstar side than the the rock and seals moves are um i appreciated tracks like the soliloquy of chaos and ex-girl the next girl i love that one i've always liked that song um and take it personal like guru definitely definitely was bringing it on um daily operation and because of that like i think the the totality of the album is kind of makes it very clear that the uh, Mecca and the Soul Brother was a superior album. Mm. Like, <laughs> from the from the beginning, from the beginning, uh, there's an energy to the Mecca and the Soul Brother that just doesn't exist with uh, Daily Operation. It's, it's a great album and it's worth listening to, but it's definitely not Gangstar's best work. Like, they grew into what we um what we kind of loved him for and one of my biggest critiques of guru has always been his monotone flow and that is in full force here um actually one of the reasons why i chose soliloquy of chaos as one of the tracks that was a standout uh, i wrote in my notes that the song title is more complicated than his flow is like, <laughs> like, what are you doing here, bro? Whereas CL Smooth is just, at least at this time, just a better rapper than Google was. And you could almost say it's a wash production-wise with, with P-Rock versus Premier. Um, it's a matter of who you feeling more at the moment. I think P-Rock's uh, had a little more up-tempo drums and, and, and Daily Operations started off a little slower. But they, you know, P-Rock, CEO Smooth, like, kind of kicked the door in with, um, oh, what was the name of the intro track? Was it Return what of was the it? Mecca? Uh, Return of the Mecca. Thank you. And then, you know, with them touching on, like, Apartheid with um, yeah. Anger in the Nation, like, that was, that was, that was tough. That was tough. Ghettos of the Mind was cold, like, really? You really ain't got no skips. And uh, Vince <laughs> put the cherry on top. I don't know what gangsta I was thinking <laughs> with that as a closeout, but uh, if it ain't rough, it ain't right, and it was not right. <laughs> and then uh, this Mecca and the Soul Brother too, 
it had. They got three classics, man. Lots of loving. People may not consider straightening it out a classic, but oh, I, most I definitely it. is a classic. Absolutely, it is. And um, I mean, they reminisce over you. Come on, the horns alone. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, <clears throat> uh, Gangstar has classics, but it wasn't on e- this album. <laughs> I disagree. Take it personal is absolutely a classic. Yeah, take it personal. It's a little of chaos. Um, X girls to the next girl. I actually like uh, BYS. Conspiracy yeah, I, was was cool. Okay, I give it. I give it to y'all. <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think of any of these songs when I think about Gangstar. You know. You know, skills wasn't on that. Uh, I can't think of the other name, that name of that song. Uh, I, I can't even think of it right now. But yeah, I don't think it is album. But, uh, but I didn't mean to cut you off, uh, Jamil. But I will give the nod to their um, album cover because the album cover was pretty dope. It was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. They had uh, yeah, message to the black man on there. The portrait of Malcolm X. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, they did have a, a better album cover. Uh, for me myself, man, I, usually I'm I'm you know the minority on these album face-offs, uh, but not tonight. I too am going with Pete Rock and CL Smooth with Mecca and the Soul Brother. I agree on all you all's points. I actually felt the last three songs on Daily Operation were all whack. The last one was definitely the wackest, though. Um, <laughs> it's <just> horrible, man. <laughs> and for me, it just came down to the fact that I, I feel and I've always felt CL Smooth was a better rapper than Guru. Yeah. I mean, that's and they're, they're, they, they, a lot of times they're spitting about the same things, but CL just holds my attention way better. And you know, this is both these albums are, you know, I get it. They're standard bearers for, you know, that classical East Coast sound, you know. You know, I, I, I'm not going to dog Daily Operation or say it's a bad album by any means, but it just was not as consistent and cannot box with Mecca and the Soul Brother, you know. And uh, Mecca and the Soul Brother, I just felt it was it was smoother. It was more it was a more balanced album, more versatile, like. You know, you had social commentary like about apartheid and stuff, well, and then relating it to what was going on here in America. You had, you you know, love songs. You had songs about the old days. You had songs with just they was just kicking skills, you know, and just rapping to be rapping. Like everything you want out of a good East Coast '90s album, you can get it on Mecca and the Soul Brother. So, including the freestyle. Got to, yeah, they had the yeah, freestyles yeah. too. And the other thing with 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 Gangstar, man, like with I, I you know, while I always dug Premier's production, it it just wasn't always to me the best fit for Guru. Like there a lot of times I hear a Premier beat and I'll be listening to Guru rapping over it and I think to myself, like, man, I'd so much rather hear uh Bumpy Knuckles on this beat or M.O.P. or J. Rude Damager or anybody else from their crew than Guru. You know? Yeah, I, love, I love Guru, man. 
That voice, that voice, I love his voice. Well, his voice does work for certain tracks, like tracks like like Conspiracy and Ex Girl to the Next Girl. Like his his smooth voice does, you know, kind of kind of carry the songs. But a lot of times he just I don't know, man. He lacks pitch, power, and pace. It's all the same with you. Yeah, yeah. He need to, he need to work on his modulation. <laughs> yeah, you gonna get you getting the same sound for every verse. Like <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yep. But um, there you have it, man. Clean sweep for P Rock and CL Smooth. I did not see that coming. All right. So uh, yeah, next 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 album face off. I'm gonna have to come with some swing it back uh, to the modern times, but. This will take us to our final segment for the evening, What You're Bumping, where I invite y'all to share with the listeners what you've been bumping for the past week or so. So, kind of running low on time, 30 seconds or less. Uh, Vince, man, this week, what you been bumping? Rita Franklin, Money Long, um, The Supremes. I was into a lot of older music. So, like, there's a lot of old bands and skate music. I don't know what was wrong with me this week, but, like, for one whole day at work, I was just listening to a whole bunch of skate remixes. Mm. But, yeah, that's it. Okay, okay. I dig it. I dig it. Jamil, man, this week, what you been bumping? Uh, I went back and listened to that Rita J, um, the High Priestess. Oh, okay. Just to, just to, Touch on that a little bit. Um, also, the roots undone. And uh, y'all gonna laugh. Actually, I'm not even gonna put that on wax. <laughs> but I did some experimenting with. You know, I, I'll do this on occasion and go back and listen to some stuff to see if it was actually as bad as I thought. Um, so I was back into listening to some No Limit stuff. I'm not gonna say which album it was, but. <laughs> <laughs> was it as bad spoiler, as you remember? Spoiler alert, it was just as bad as I remember. <laughs> so, uh, so, I can't think I'll of tell you. I'll tell you. It was charged to the game. Ooh. You sacrificed your yeah. ears for Silk the Shocker? Awful. Awful, awful, awful. But it was like two or three songs on there that I actually liked and I remembered liking. So I was like, all right, maybe the album wasn't as bad as I thought. Shoot. Hey, com- confidence is everything. Whew. Because Silk the Shocker. That ain't everything. He thought he was killing it, man. Like, you can tell him he wasn't killing it. I remember the album cover. I remember he was holding out the credit card. <laughs> the credit card. Like, yeah, charge it to the game. <laughs> I'm like, the game has its own line of credit, sir? Oh, man. <laughs> You know what else you couldn't tell, Silk, is where the beat was. <laughs> man. Oh man. For myself, I've been bumping. Uh, I'm still, I'm still bumping the Fly Anakin uh, Frank album. Um, still bumping that. Uh, I was bumping the new uh, Coast Contra Apartment 505. Really digging that. I want to spend some more time with it though. 
Um, I was bumping Conway, God Don't Make Mistakes. And I was bumping the God Fahim with Six Finger Champ. Man, this is a slept on album. Yeah, I hadn't heard this one at all. Oh my God. Like, it's just no frills, just straightforward hip hop, man. 12 tracks, just beats and rhymes, bro. Like, Yoro Drug is on like three cuts. Um, you know, I was always on the fence about the guy Fahim because he was like, he would always be on tracks with other people and just kind of like be in the way, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that yeah, makes yeah. any sense. But hearing him on his own album, able to kind of like stretch out a little bit and like really, you know, give give him some time to get in his pocket and work. I'm I'm so digging this album. Six Finger Champ. Check it out. Okay. But uh, there you have it. There you have it. That is the show. Oh, Jamil, we got any album anniversaries? Yes, we do. Uh, whew, not a lot, but we got something. So the first, in order to get one, there was a De La Soul um, album, but I think that was more of a mixtape, so I'm not including it on the list. But uh, celebrating 15 years this week is uh, Fat Cat, Carte Blanche. It's a great, 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 great album. If y'all ain't never heard that, please make sure you go listen to it. Like Detroit got some some, some killers. Um, celebrating 20 years this week is uh, J Live, All of the Above. Oh snap! Another great album. And celebrating 35 years this week, and it's kind of apropos that it would be this week. Uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince <laughs> celebrating 35 years for uh, Rock the House debut oh, album. That reminds me, that was another one that I meant to put on my list for um, sophomore albums. I'm a rapper, he's a DJ. Oh, nice, nice. Okay. That's one, that's one that I should have mentioned. Yeah, Will Smith, he don't get his respect. No, nah, nah. he don't. Nah. Which is why he did what he did. A, <laughs> lifetime, a, life, a lifetime of being disrespected in public. Indeed, indeed. All right, so there you have it. Um, that is the show. We will definitely be back next week with some more topics, another album face-off. But, uh, gentlemen, man, I want to thank y'all for carving out some time to make the show what it is and get us through this bracket. And um, with that, I'm going to bid y'all adieu. And I'm going to say peace.
please calm down. The music and everything, everything. Said, um, I went and bought me an outfit today that costed a lot of money today. You know what I mean? Because I figured that Wu-Tang was going to win. I don't know how y'all see it, but when it comes to the children, Wu-Tang is for the children. We teach the children. You know what I mean? Puffy is good, but Wu-Tang is the best. Okay? I want y'all to know that this is ODB and I love you all. Peace. Peace. Peace.